We've been in this series, uh, Tales of the Unexpected. Uh, I personally wanted to give it a different name. We've been looking at the stories Jesus told. They're called parables. I thought, let's call it Parable Normal Activity. <laughs> yeah, but the boring people in corporate shot me down. So um, here we are. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're talking about like stories Jesus told, things like that. Um, tonight I am going to read from the Bible a lot. So uh, I would actually recommend if you would like to, you can get your phones out. If you've got a Bible app, um, everything is going to come up on the screen. Um, I think we've actually got someone with a real Bible over there. Whoa. That, wow. Okay. Whew, that is impressive. Um, yeah, so get, get your phones out, get your, your, your digital Bibles out, your real Bibles out. Um, there's going to be lots of Bible, and I think it'd be cool if you, uh, you might want to just like highlight some stuff that, that jumps out, um, particularly if you're going to be going to a, a hub this week. Um, there'll be loads to, to unpack, uh, and that might be a useful thing for you to, to do. Um, but wanted to talk tonight about some things that Jesus had to say about money. Um, now that is a, a very raw and very real subject, particularly at the moment. It's always something that we're we're sensitive about. Um, but you know, the world's gone crazy, right? Um, for most of us in this room, it's probably the first time that we've really been aware of and and facing um, a time of such financial turmoil and, and pressure and, and stress. Um, you know, we've had financial crashes and stuff before, but, but for most of us, that was probably something that our parents were dealing with and we might have been aware of it, but it wasn't really um, impacting our, our mental well-being, at least in, in the same way that it, it probably is now. We've, we're seeing the, the cost of living soaring. We're seeing... Uh, energy bills and, and things just rising and, and hearing that you know that's going to continue happening in the, the foreseeable future. Those things are just going to continue to um, to skyrocket. We've we've got people on strike all over the place because they're trying to um, advocate for for getting fair pay just so that that they can live and, and survive. Um, well over a third of people in this country have less than £250 in, in savings, which means that if they were to um, lose a job or, or a, a contract was co to come to an end or they were to be, be sick or injured, they are, are that close to a, to a crisis. At best, that's kind of uncertain and stressful. And, and at worst, that is just impending doom that can just go wrong um, any day. I read this morning that, that one in 10 teachers are, are taking on second jobs um, just to, to make ends meet. And that, that staff rooms in this country have cupboards where they're, they're filling it with kind of um, normal food supplies for staff to take home just so that they can eat. Um, Four in, in ten nurses who are surveyed have skipped meals in order to feed their families because of other financial pressures. Um, if you look just at nurses from ethnic minorities, that's, that's more like six in ten. Um, one in ten students using food banks at the moment. Um, other students kind of increasing part-time jobs and, and those sorts of things potentially compromising on studies. We're, we're doing these things just to, just to get by and, and just to survive. It's such a, a time of tension and anxiety. Um, and so this stuff hurts and, and it's scary. And it's a bit scary standing up here and, and talking about it and, and tackling it. But um, 
it's the right thing to do because we, we want to see what Jesus has to say about it. This stuff isn't, isn't going anywhere. Uh, and so let's, let's face into it and, um, and see what, what the Bible has to, to say. I think that there are two ways that you can um, kind of relieve some of the, the anxieties around money and some of the things that I've been talking about. The first way would be to get more money. Um, that, that would work, right? I, I try, I'm not, you know, that's, it would work. Uh, not trying to be flippant, but, you know, a lot of us, th- this would help. Um, if you're in any of those situations, getting more money would help. Um, and so, you know, people striking, trying to get fair pay rises, that sort of thing, great. Let's, let's do that um, without trying to get too political. Um, more money would help, is the point. Um, but I submit to you that that is always a short-term fix. I reckon that whatever situation you're in, if you just get more money, there's never going to be a permanent solution to your anxieties around money, actually. I think that if, um, if it's just a, a one-off amount of money that you get, then that's because eventually you'll, you'll just chip away at it and, and then you'll be back in the same kind of position. If it's more like a permanent increase in, in your income, um, say you do get a, a pay rise, you get a promotion, you get a new job, that sort of thing, that, that actually what we tend to do is over time our, our lifestyle will just change and, and we'll uh, grow to fit that and then we'll get to a point where something comes along that's, that's a bit of a surprise and, and then we'll start to be anxious and so it might be six months down the line, it might be a few years down the line um, and, and money can, can help in the, in the meantime, it's definitely part of it but I think we'll always get to a point where we're facing anxieties and, and worries around money again. And so the, the second thing that can help and, and should help is to, um, to learn and adopt the way of Jesus when it comes to, to money. Um, I want to read uh, the first little bit of the Bible. I think this one isn't going to come up on the screen. Sorry about that. Um, but it's, it's Matthew 11 um, verses 28 to 30. And it it tells us a bit about what adopting and and learning the way of Jesus might look like. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, whether that is financial burdens, whether that's any other kind of burdens, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This idea of a yoke is a, is a bit of a strange thing for, for us. It's, um, it's a farming metaphor. A yoke is a piece of equipment that you would strap onto oxen so that they can pull a plow. So it's like a, a harness kind of thing. It's, it's a piece of equipment to get a, a job done. Um, and, and Jesus says that his yoke is, is learning from him, essentially, learning his, his way of life. I want to read a quote just to to help us with this a little bit from a a New Testament scholar called Frederick Dale Bruner. Uh, If you want to be a New Testament scholar, you have to have three names. So I'm I'm well on track. Um, Anyway, he says, uh, a yoke is a work instrument. Thus, when Jesus offers a yoke, he offers what we might think uh, tired workers need least. If you're weary, if you're burdened, surely the last thing you need is another instrument of work. 
He goes on to say um, they need a mattress or a vacation, not a yoke. But Jesus realizes that the most restful gift he can give the tired, and I think we can add in here um, the most calming and, and reassuring gift he can give to the anxious is a new way to carry life, a fresh way to bear responsibilities. Realism seems that life is a succession of burdens. I think we can add in there a succession of financial burdens. We can't get away from them. Thus, instead of offering escape, Jesus offers equipment. Jesus means that obedience to his, his yoke, that means to, to his teaching, will develop us in a balance and a way of carrying life that will give more rest than the way we've been living. And so that's just a, that's just a bit of a, um, a preface, I suppose, to, to what I'm going to go on and, and say, because when we look at the stuff that Jesus has to say about that money, it's going to be challenging, actually, and and it's going to be uncomfortable. And I think we need to keep linking it back to that, because what he says about his way of life is that ultimately it will lead us to rest and it it will will lighten those burdens. Um, And so it might feel counterintuitive when we look at the actual ways that he says to do that. But um, yeah, we need to read it in, in that context. And, and also just a general note about, about what we're doing when we're up here teaching things on, on Sunday night. Um, we're intentionally practical, and, and sometimes I think it can feel like uh, we're just adding things to the, the list of things that you need to get better at or you need to build into your lives. You know, one week you'll hear me saying that you need to do this with your money, and another week you'll, you'll hear someone saying you need to go and um, sign up to, to volunteer here or you need to do this in your devotional life and 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 what we're doing is we're trying to teach the the way of Jesus we're, we're trying to teach what what his yoke and, and his way of life look like um, and put that out there and and we do want to be practical about it because it's it's practical stuff to do but um, you don't necessarily have to go and do it this week the, the main thing I want us to do tonight is, is to pray. Um, and so what I'm going to do is, is just talk us through three things that I think we should be praying for in terms of finance um, and, and money. And, and these three things, I think one of these three should resonate more with each of us. Um, and so just going to talk through those three things uh, and a Bible story to go with each of them. Uh, and then we're going to get to praying, really. Um, the first prayer that, that I think we could pray when it comes to money is for provision. Some of us uh, in this room perhaps are, are in those sorts of crisis situations um, where actually we don't know how we're going to make ends meet, where we're, we're having to um, cut costs drastically and, and, and give things up, where we're, we're maybe just a step away from that crisis situation, where if we were to lose our job or, or contract was to come to an end or, or we were to face sickness or something like that, then we'd be in, in real trouble. Um, and maybe it's, it's not just about crisis situations. Maybe it's about you're okay now, but looking into the, the future, you're really not sure how you're going to achieve some of the things that, that you want to, to achieve and, and meet some of the things that, that you hope for. Um, how are you going to manage to live in Bristol once you graduate from uni? 
How are you going to go on and, and do further study once this course comes to an end? How could you ever afford to, to raise a family unless somehow your budget grows from somewhere? How could you ever go and pursue a particular passion or, or start a business that, that you'd like to be able to start unless you can finance it some way or, or unless you can cut down the hours that, that you're working at the moment so that you've actually got the time to go and do something about it? We need provision sometimes. Um, so let's look at, at Luke chapter 11. We're going to start at, at verse 1. Um, and I'll, I'll probably just read some of this and, and skip through some of this, but um, just want to signpost you, you to, to reading the whole thing if you'd like to. Uh, it says, um, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, as Jesus said, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. I'll pause there for a, a moment, but you, you probably uh, have a, an idea of the rest of it. It's a very familiar prayer. We call it the Lord's Prayer. Um, and this is Jesus' main teaching on prayer. And one of the first things he throws into this prayer, it starts with, with kind of praise, adoration of God, and then he goes straight on to asking for provision. And so Jesus teaches us that we should be praying for provision. But what's interesting, I think, about Jesus' um, kind of prayer for, for provision is that it's daily bread. It's about praying every day for what you need for that day. And so he does teach us to pray for um, provision. From uh, verse 9, he says, um, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. And Philip talked a couple of weeks ago about kind of persistence in, in prayer. And so would recommend going back and, and listening to that if you missed it. But Jesus is talking about this, this daily prayer. He, he says we should be praying for provision, but it needs to be persistent and it needs to be specific. And it's the difference between having a, a kind of a generous parent who sets up a, a trust fund and eventually you just come into all this money and you have all this freedom and you can go and do whatever you like with it and you're, you're provided for in that way versus a parent who is generous and cares but wants to be involved in, in the intimate details of it. They don't want to just send you off with a load of money. They want you to, to come to them and, and talk to them. If you've got an idea of, I want to go and do this with my life, but I need money to do it, it's a parent who says, great, come and, come and talk to me about that. Let's see what kind of plan we can come up with. It's a parent who says, if you need food, come to me and, and ask me for food. It's about intimacy in that relationship. It's about persistence, and it's about doing just what we need for, for that moment. And so... We need to, to pray sometimes for provision, but we shouldn't be praying just for a, for a blank check, uh, as much as that might feel nice, or, or potentially even just for you know, building up a, a safety net. It's, it, it's about praying for precisely what we need, and, and that can be a bit uncomfortable. Some of us will, will be feeling well provided for at the moment. Um, some of us are fortunate enough to work in jobs where you might have got uh, a kind of inflation-busting pay rise, um, or, or perhaps you've had uh, other kind of good timing with, with things working out financially for you. Um, and it might be that, that you're not in either of those camps and, and actually... Um, 
the, the current pressures have started to eat into sort of your disposable income or, or maybe your savings, but it's, it's not throwing you into a, a stressful place at the moment. You can kind of absorb it. It's a bit unpleasant, but it, it's not massively worrying. Um, and yeah, maybe some of us can see more clearly how some of the longer term aspirations we have in life are going to be possible. Maybe you're, you're in a career where you can see that actually as you go on, there'll be, be step ups, there'll be promotions. And, and so you can see how some of the things you want in the future might, might fit with that. Or, or perhaps you know that um, there are plans for family to support major life events and, and stuff like that. And so... Not so much in that, that camp where the main thing that we're, we're looking at is, um, is provision right now. What we need and, and what people need, I think, when, um, when they are provided for, when those prayers of, of provision come through, is wisdom. When we've, we've got enough or we've got just enough, what we need is, is wisdom to know how should we go on and, and spend this money? What sort of decisions should we be, be making? How do we make this really count? How do we bring glory to God through our, our finances and the decisions that we're making there? Someone comes to Jesus in Luke chapter 12. So I'm going to read from um, verse 13 for a bit. Um, they come to Jesus looking for wisdom. Uh, he doesn't give them exactly what they want because they came with uh, uh, a bit of a prescription for the wisdom they wanted. And Jesus had slightly other ideas. But he's, he's looking for wisdom all the same. Um, and Jesus certainly gives, gives wisdom to him. Uh, so from verse 13, it says, Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. This is a pretty normal thing. There are kind of social rules around that. Um, brothers are, are squabbling about it. And he's sort of looking for Jesus to, to step in and, and be wise and say, This is what you should do. Jesus replied, uh, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, watch out, be on guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And then he, he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And then I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you've prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. Not quite the, uh, the kind of wisdom that the guy came seeking out, um, but certainly wisdom all the same. I think pretty profound uh, to say life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Um, and this story, I don't think it's ultimately about, uh, the, the point isn't there's going to be this, this fierce judgment and, and God's killed this guy because he's being greedy. It's, it's just about the, the folly of trying to save things up for an uncertain future when actually what you should be doing is looking to God. 
Jesus goes on uh, immediately after that from verse 22 and says uh, to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear, for life is more than food and the body more than clothes. He gives some examples. He talks about birds, don't worry about what they're going to eat, and he talks about flowers. And then from verse 29 he says, And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it, for the pagan world runs after such things, and your Father knows that you need them, but seek his kingdom and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is what Jesus' wisdom on, on money looks like. And it's, um, it's some challenging stuff. Throughout the, the Gospels, Jesus' wisdom when it comes to money is to trust God. He actually points back to, to praying for provision, essentially, saying trust God for the future, not wealth, not possessions, not your own uh, ability to save. Trust in God. And our economy is, is a bit different to the kind of economy that they were talking about back in, in that time. And so um, I wouldn't worry too much about whether or not um, Christians should have pensions or whether they should be allowed to retire. I think that kind of stuff is, is all fine. The point of it is basically around, um, around the attitude to money and, and to trusting God and, and the future. And so what that looks like, I, I think for us, is, is essentially having an intentional split between what am I going to spend, what am I going to save, and, and what am I going to give. That, that feels to me like what Jesus' teaching, if we were to look at, at, at other parts of the, the Gospels, would kind of come back, um, come back to. What am I going to spend? What am I going to save? What am I going to give? And being intentional about that, asking Jesus for wisdom in that. There are big questions for us to ask in life. You know, should we live somewhere smaller and, and cheaper than we potentially could, so that um, we can give more more money away, money away? Um, or maybe we we should just rethink the space that we do have. Maybe it's it's not such a bad thing to live somewhere slightly bigger, but we can be generous with that. Um, We've got a, a bigger house than, than we re need right now, um, but it feels like a sensible decision to, to have gone with that, um, to reduce kind of moving costs in future and, and that kind of thing. And it means that we can do things now that we wouldn't otherwise be able to do in, in terms of being generous, letting people live with us when they're between homes and, and stuff like that. And so it's, uh, it's not quite as simple as let's all just go and sell stuff and give it away and then see what happens. We, we pray for, for wisdom in these sorts of things, and, and we try and discern um, what we should do. How should we be spending our, our money on things like clothing and, and food when we've got all these different ethical choices that, that we can make there? Um, should we save every penny now so that we can kind of buy a house earlier um, and then you know, be more free to be more generous later in life? There's so many different decisions, uh, but I think it, it comes down to asking for, for wisdom. In James um, chapter 1, verse 5, just says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. 
Jesus himself doesn't really talk about praying for, for wisdom from, from what I can see. Um, he focuses more on, on just kind of going around dishing out wisdom, which is cool. We've got it written down. That's nice. Um, that's helpful. And, and his wisdom in a nutshell essentially is to trust in God um, for the future and to be generous now. There's something about living in the opposite spirit to our anxieties. When our anxieties say, I need to, to hold on to, to money, I need to save as much as possible. Actually, Jesus is, is talking about this kind of generosity that, that goes directly against that. And we just have to remember, as challenging as, as that feels and as uncomfortable and, and potentially even unwise that, that might seem, We've got to link it back to, to where we started with the idea that Jesus is saying that somehow this is part of his easy yoke and his light burden. It's so countercultural and it's so uncomfortable, um, especially knowing the, the anxieties and the pressures at the moment. Um, but it, it seems to be Jesus' wisdom in a nutshell. Trusting in God and, and showing generosity is somehow the way to overcome those anxieties. And, and that leads us to our, our final prayer point, which is praying for courage. Mark chapter 10, um, verse 17 onwards. We'll read a little bit of that. Um, so Mark 10, 17. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, uh, don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't give false testimony, don't defraud, honor your mother and father. There are actually a load of other ones, but Jesus is quite kind in that he leaves out the ones that the guy probably isn't actually very good at. Um, that's a side point. Uh, I just, I think that's quite funny. Um, <laughs> Teacher, he declared, all these things I have kept since I was a, a boy. And Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go and sell everything you have and give to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus um, gives this guy his wisdom. It's, it's pretty similar to the, uh, the kind of wisdom that we saw in, in Luke about this, this radical generosity. It's about giving stuff away. And it says he, he went away sad. I think there's uh, a couple of ways that we might react emotionally to, to coming up against Jesus' teaching on, on this stuff. One is is anxiety. It's to hear that you know, Jesus is teaching that I should be giving stuff away and, and kind of getting into this, this loop of, of, of anxiety and, and stress around that. And, and if that's how you feel, then, then that's okay. I would say lean into praying for provision, lean into praying for wisdom. Um, you might still want to pray for, for courage too. Um, I definitely encourage you to, to try with something small, that idea of just living in the, the opposite spirit, just giving something small away, something that feels uncomfortable, something that feels like uh, it, it couldn't possibly make a, a difference and, and just see, see what happens. But for some of us, it, it isn't so much about that anxiety. We're, we're not in that place. And actually what it does is it just makes us sad. We love our stuff. We love our status that comes from having stuff. We love our safety nets. We love the idea of being able to retire early. Um, and giving up all of that 
would be sad. Uh, and that's how the guy in Jesus' story reacts. And um, what we need when we're in that kind of situation, I think, is, is courage. He's heard so clearly Jesus' wisdom on this. And um, what he needs is, is the courage to, to go away and do it. I think that, that sort of speaks for itself. Um, so those are the, the three points, essentially. Those are the three things I think we, we should look at praying into when it comes to, to finance, for provision, for wisdom, and for courage. And I think probably each one of us, one of those will be resonating more now than, than the others. But before we do get on to, to pray, and we'll do that really soon, um, I do need to tell you today's tale of the unexpected, because I haven't actually done that yet, uh, and I'll get in trouble. Um, no, it's, it's very relevant, and I think it's going to put a slightly different spin on, on this kind of paradigm of, of provision, wisdom, and, and courage. Um, I think for, for some people, this might feel uncomfortable, um, or, or challenging, uh, and for others, this will feel incredibly comforting. So it's a bit of a, a kind of sorting hat moment now. I can, uh, I can tell some people are going, not slivering, not slithering, not challenging, not challenging. But um, we'll, we'll see. Um, the, it's the last really little story. It's from Mark chapter 12, and Jesus is at, at the temple. And it says this, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put everything, all she had to live on. On the one hand, it's, it's challenging, this story, this, this widow coming and, and putting in all that she has to her name. Because those of us who feel like actually the things we should be praying for are, are more on the, the side of provision, maybe we're in those crisis situations or, or they're so close um, that they're incredibly stressful. We see the widow's actions and, and wonder whether we should actually be praying for courage. Uh, wonder whether we, we should be doing what, what she's doing and, and giving out of that, that place of, of poverty. And, and that's a challenge that um, we just need to, to look at and, and consider. On the other hand, it's profoundly comforting because Jesus tells us that the mere pennies, the tiny, tiny amount that she had to give was worth more than anyone else had given was worth more than all of these riches because what, it, what counts is, is not the, uh, the kind of actual value of what she was able to give, but it was about the, the stuff that was happening in her heart. Part of me is, is surprised that Jesus doesn't um, spring up in this scene and, and go to the widow and be like, I've actually got a YouTube channel. This is a social experiment and here's a thousand pounds. You know, that, that kind of thing. He, he doesn't do that. He... Um, he, he watches her give all that she has, and from, from what the text says, he, he doesn't intervene. He doesn't go and, and give her any money. He doesn't help her out of her poverty, and I think that's because he knows what she knows, and what she knows is God as Jehovah Jireh, 
that's a, a name that's given to God in the, the Old Testament. She'd have known this name, and it means God will provide. And so the widow, out of, out of what she has, she, she doesn't have much materially, but Jesus knows actually she has all that she needs because she has learned the lessons about God as the provider. She knows that intimacy and, and his provision. So, um, yeah, we're going to pray. We're going to pray for provision. We're going to pray for wisdom. We're going to pray for courage when it comes to this stuff. And like I've said, I, th- I think those will um, resonate slightly differently with each of us, depending on our different situations tonight. Um, I hope that you've got a sense already that, that these things are not completely mutually exclusive. They, they interact. We might need to pray for these uh, all at the, the same time. It's definitely not a ladder that you climb. You, you don't start at the point of, of praying for provision and then graduate to being someone who's got enough to need to pray for wisdom and then unlock the level of, of being really rich and needing to pray for courage. It's, it's not that. It's, it's circular. It's, it all feeds into to one another. You know, we should be praying for provision. We should be learning to, to be people who depend on God day to day, need to pray for, for him to meet our needs day to day, that when he does provide for us, we're, we're seeking wisdom on what we should be doing with that, how we should be using that, that we're praying for the courage to actually act on that wisdom. And I think if we're courageous enough, we will we'll get to a point over time where we're living in the way of Jesus and, and we're back at his feet needing to pray for provision again. I think these things all follow one another and that's something about the way of Jesus and it's, a, it's an intimate way to have relationship with him. I think it's a lifelong lesson that all of us will, um, will need, to, need to learn and, and want to, to grow in. Um, so we're not going to do it all this week but let's start by, by praying for what we, we feel that we need right now. Um, if the band want to come come up, and let's just get ready to to enter into a, a place of prayer. Um, do you want to stand with me if if you're able to? Which of those those resonates with you? Do you need to to be praying for for provision right now? Um, I should also mention that, that as, a, as a church, we, um, we do have the, the ability and the opportunity to, to help people who are facing crisis. So do talk to one of the team. Um, if, if that's something you're really struggling with, like, definitely reach out with family. And, and we've, got, um, we've got opportunities to, to support you rather than just sending you off to, to pray. We can, we can do both. Um, are, you, are you needing to pray for that provision? Are you feeling okay, but, but needing to, to ask for, for wisdom? Or are you actually realizing now that, that maybe what you need is, is courage to, to do what God has already put on your heart, to do what, what he's already calling you to do? Um, yeah, let's just wait for a moment and, and consider that. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit.